You're listening to Salon Frequency, a podcast for salon professionals that are revolutionizing the texture of salon culture. Welcome back to another episode. I'm so grateful that you are here. My name is Jocelyn Renee and I'm your host on this journey. And because I'm your host, my goal is to encourage your growth behind and beyond the chair in this ever-changing beauty industry. Today, I have a special guest. I'm speaking with Weena Jerome Alexandra, an international salon professional that specializes in styling, care cutting, and color for natural hair. And after a decade behind the chair in Montreal, she decided to move to New York City with just five clients to pursue her mission, which is to show you the endless possibilities of natural hair, which she does if you've ever been on her Instagram page or seen any of the cuts and styles that she does. Weena's energy is just so calm and I'm really excited for you to hear her journey, wait, her international journey and the process that got her where she is today. Welcome, Mina. I am so excited that you are here today. Where are you joining us from? I am joining from New York. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your journey, how you've come to New York and you're from Montreal? Is that correct? Yes, exactly. Um, sure. So I was actually born and raised in Montreal. Um, I went to hair school because we don't really have cosmetology. It's all separated. Um, so I went to hair school in Montreal. That's where I started doing natural hair. And in 2017 is when I moved to New York City to be with my husband because he's from New York City. Wow, gotcha. Okay, so have you had you been doing hair before you went and got your um, license to do it? Before, No, I, I finished high school and I went straight to hair school. So before that, I would do hair here and there. My grandmother is also a hairstylist, so sometimes I would help her out. But I really started doing hair professionally after I got my diploma in hair. Got it. And so when you first started, did you um, apprentice somewhere? Do like do they have apprenticeships in Montreal, or is it just you just have to jump like straight into it? There are some salons that offer apprenticeship. There's one for uh, the country. Um, it's called. Uh, I think it's, it's, I forget the name, but you pretty much have to go under someone for two years and you get paid for it, or you just go to a salon and you get pretty much like here where you become an assistant for a couple of years. But actually what I did is there was a classmate that got a job as a manager in a salon and they told them about me. So I was able to start as a junior stylist right away after hair school. And then I think I was a junior stylist for about a year and then I became officially a stylist in a um it was a salon it was a franchise salon so actually no, it was a family business salon so they had like 20 salons in Quebec the province of Quebec where Montreal is and um yeah I stayed there for about three years okay were you I know like right now like I see your Instagram page and it's like stunning all of the styles that you do the different textures and the colors and the cuts like I love the aesthetic that you have right now were you always like gravitating or styling natural hair when you were in Quebec or you were doing um I guess straighter hair textures for three years I was just doing straighter hair I was doing a lot of cutting and colors and a lot of curly perms 
um, a lot of blow dries. So yeah, it was mostly straighter hair. And it's only in 2011 that I decided to go into natural hair. Oh, wow. Like what cause or like what was the catalyst for your pivot to only shift to curly hair? So back in 09, yeah, 08, 09, um, I was looking at my colleagues and I started realizing, like, especially the ones that were at that salon for a long time. And I realized that their salary was never going up. So I was like, okay, so if I stay, and and the thing is, I I liked it, but not so much that I wanted to do it for a long time. And I kind of felt like, well, you know, if that's all that hairdressing is all about, like, is it really worth it? So I actually went to school and went into accounting. I was about to become an accountant. And I I did the course, I got a certificate, I got a job, a nine to five for like six months. And I was like, oh no, that's not, <laughs> that's not what I want to do. So I decided that if I was going to go back to hair, it was going to be to do something that I actually enjoyed. And then I realized in Montreal, in back in 2011, there wasn't a lot of stylists that were advertising that they were doing natural hair. So I decided, you know what, I'm just going to start working for myself. My grandmother, like I said, she was a hairstylist. So she has a salon at home and she had a second chair. So I started there and I was also in a Facebook group, in a Facebook page for natural hair in Montreal. So I started um, participating in it. And then I started realizing like, okay, there's a demand for natural hair in Montreal. So I just started from there. So, so many things just happened in that short amount of time. <laughs> Definitely getting a nine to five from behind being behind the chair. I feel like we've all been there at some point. <laughs> when, <laughs> when you went back, like, let me, not even went back, but like when you got that nine to five, because I under, like I heard you say, like, you just felt like, is this all that there is? Kind of like, uh, this is kind of stagnant. Let me get something that's more, I would assume, like stable. Okay, so <laughs> um, what I was doing, because I studied accounting, and the job that I got was entry level, so it was just data entry, and it was a small company. It was um, food purchasing. So because it was small, I got to see what accounts payable did, what accounts receivable did, and I noticed that they were just doing the same thing every day, and that's what I was doing too, to the point that Every time I would come back from lunch, I would fall asleep at the computer. So I was like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't see myself doing this for like the next 40 years. So just because it was so stagnant and at least with hair, every day it was different and it was perfect for my personality. So that's what made me realize like, okay, so I can't sit in front of a computer from nine to five for this amount of time. So I was like, nah, I got to go back to hair. <laughs> So with the accounting, though, because that is a very interesting certificate to, like, gain um, and then also have a background in cosmetology, like, how has or how has the certificate in accounting helped your business? It helped a lot. It helped me with, um, well, before I got my accounting, I was already budgeting, but it helped me a lot with budgeting. It helped me with doing my own books, um, even though I, I still highly suggest. Uh, recommend that you get an accounting, which I do, I do have an accountant now, but um, I was able to do my own books for a long time and, and just be okay. Yeah, I get, I feel like even with getting 
your own accountant, the fact that you have a background in accounting lets you select a knowledgeable accountant. Because I've been through a lot of yeah, you've been through a lot of them. Okay, so I don't feel as bad because I'm just like, why? I don't understand how, why you don't understand this? Like, I feel like it's not rocket science. Yeah, I guess our industry is very different, which I don't think it is. But yeah, it's it's weird that it's hard to find an accountant. Because I've, I've so far, I'm, I think I'm on my fourth accountant in like two years. Yeah, I get it. I think I'm on, I'm on my third. And it's just like, I don't, I'm trying to you know, work with someone who is, um, part of the community, if you will, but also like have someone that is understanding that, you know, we get tips. We sometimes we pay in cash. Sometimes we pay on the car. Like there's just nuances to our business that you have to be able to account for. Well, I don't under, I don't know what accounting school is like, but they're not doing the right thing there. <laughs> yeah. It's very, um, they don't like to pivot, it seems like. I don't know. For me, because because I do hair and because I saw how accounting was done, and also I read the book uh, Profit First, which helped me a lot with budgeting. So once I did that, that definitely helped. But for me, it's like, it's obvious. Like, just, you know, make the necessary um, changes to make sure that it makes sense. Because sometimes I would speak to accountants and I would say the things that I would do and they would be like, no, that's not how you do it. According to the books, you have to do this and that. I was like, okay, but it doesn't work for for my business. How was when you were in quarantine, like did having to take a step back from the world make you rethink anything within like your creative space or any of the systems that you have um, behind the chair? Um, yes, it did. Um, it made me realize, especially because with New York, I think the um, hair salons were in phase two. And in phase two, we had to take one client at a time. Now that now that we're in phase four, we're allowed to take um, two clients at a time, depending on the space that you have. So when we were taking one client at a time, that made me realize that I wasn't charging enough. Because before COVID, I had an assistant, and then I realized, well, if I'm going to be working by myself for who, who knows for how long, I'm, I can't charge my prices according to if I have help. So I, I had to raise my prices um, and then change my service, my service timing a little bit. But it's, it's mostly the prices. That's pretty much all that changed. Because the way that I was doing hair before it also worked with um the the guidelines so when you raised your prices were there pushback from your clients about that because I imagine they were much different than if you have a assistant and if you're taking more time per person you know um so far no I haven't had any pushback I also got a lot of um new clients so for the new client prices, that was my first time introducing the whole, actually, yeah, um, I did forget. I introduced the new client system where if you're a new client, you don't have access to like all of the services. So I did start doing that after, once I came back after the pandemic, um, which I really like because I saw a lot of stylists were doing that. And I really like the the system of, 
you know, first you come in, I look at your hair, I do your hair and I, and I tell you which services you should do next time and which treatments and look at the products that you use at home. And um, yeah, I really like, and especially for color too. So doing that really, really helped with the business. So once I, I did the prices for the new client, I didn't have to worry about anyone complaining because it was like, okay, well, if you're a new client, that's what you have to do from now on. Um, and then for existing clients, um, I didn't raise the prices by that much. That's great. And I, I love what you said about the new client system. So do you offer it as like a package for the new clients? Yes. So I have um, I have one package since I was taking cl- new clients since August. So from August until October, I was doing two treatments with a style and a cut. And I added in November, I added a a package where it's just a mini treatment, a style and a cut. So there so there's two price points for someone that really needs like the the works and then one that their their hair's already healthy and they could just get away with having a mini uh package deal. I've never heard of a package like that. I like that. That's awesome. How did you did you like have a salon space before you came to New York like in mine or you just came to New York and then you found a space? So when I came to New York, I started with Shearshare. Actually, I started with Shearshare where I would just I I only had like five clients and I started by I think I was only working twice a week. I was working twice a week and it was always the first client that books. I asked them, when do you want to come in? If they told me Wednesday, I would just book all of my appointments on Wednesday. If another client said I could do Friday, then all of my uh, appointments would be on Friday for that week. And then the next week, it would change depending on what the clients would ask. And I would just go to a different salon every time. Or if I could, I would go back to the same salon. I did that for probably like four or five months. And then I found a space in downtown Manhattan because the thing with Shearshare is that even though it was great, I was sick of always traveling with everything on my back. Like I would go with like all my tools, go to the salon, and then I would have to bring everything home every day. So I was like, oh, no, I'm done with this. I'm, I'm going to get a chair and just so that I could leave all my stuff in a space. So I got the space in um I got a chair. I rented a chair in Tribeca. I stayed there for about two years and then I found out about the suites in Harlem. So January 2020 is when I moved into the suite. And then COVID. And then COVID, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But going back to Shearshare, because I've heard of them before. It's like a mobile service where you can essentially rent a chair at a salon at will. Yeah. But the whole thing is, it's great for um, stylists that travel. For example, if you know you have a, a couple of clients in Miami, you could go to Miami, you take your clients and then for one day, and then that's it. You don't have to worry about anything else. You just pay your share and um, they, they take care of it. How was your experience going into the salons? Like, had you heard of the salon before you booked it? the salons that you went into? Um, no, I would just um, read the description that was on the app or sometimes they had reviews and that's how I would select the appointments. And also sometimes I would ask the client 
uh, which neighborhood would be best for them. Because the in New York, they're everywhere. There's some in, in Manhattan, some in Queens, some in Brooklyn. So most of the time I was either uptown in Manhattan. Sometimes I would go downtown if it was better for the client. There's times that I went to Brooklyn too. So it would always depend on the client's needs. That sounds so great. So in order for you to get the clientele in New York, you like advertise that you were taking appointments in New York and then let people come to you? Or did you market to like a specific area and then schedule a salon in that area? I would, because I started with like a little bit of clientele, there was a little bit of word of mouth. And I would also post on Instagram. Um, I would also do a little bit of ads on Instagram and on Facebook. And um, how I would choose, it was always with the first client that booked, depending on what they said, if they said, okay, it's better for me to go downtown, then the next clients that would book, I would tell them, okay, well, on that day, this is the address um, that you could come to to get your hair done. That's awesome. Did you see a good return when you ran the ads on Instagram and Facebook? Because I know I hear a lot of times people run ads and they doesn't work or they don't get any like lead generations like what was your um like experience using the Instagram and Facebook it would depend honestly it wasn't that big of a return um I I always try to be very specific I noticed that when because I stopped doing ads a, a while ago but I noticed that whenever I would do them and I was very specific uh for the area and I would even go down to like the magazines that they liked. Once I went really specific, that's when I would get a good return. But even the return, it wasn't that. It wasn't amazing. Now that you're here in the States and you had your um, hair diploma, your diploma from hair school from Montreal, how have you invested in your education here to kind of like stay abreast I guess of U.S. trends or New York trends or have first question have you seen a difference between how people style their hair in Quebec versus here um yes here it's a lot more of wash and goes and uh curly cuts here people do more wash and goes here and I think it's because in Montreal it gets so cold that they don't want to do wash and goes. I wouldn't do wash and goes that much, honestly, when I had loose natural hair. So I get it because it's it was so cold. Um, but yeah, definitely more wash and goes here. More wash and goes, more curly. Oh, New York. Isn't New York cold too? It's not as cold as Montreal. Not at all. <laughs> so what, what kind of how do they style their hair in Montreal? It's mostly twist outs and silk presses. There's a wash and go here and there, but usually wash and goes is more like in the spring, the summer, um, sometimes the fall, and a, a, a lot of silk presses, um, a lot of braids too, weaves, of course, but for natural hair, it's mostly, it's mostly twist outs, silk presses. That was definitely my number one service. My two, my top two services in Montreal. So now that you're doing, you're in the U.S. and you're doing more curly cuts and wash and goes, and I, I know your 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 clientele is very textured. Have you taken any classes or invested any 
and any education to perfect your services because they look amazing um for since i got to the states i did i did one class i did a one silk press class um and she yeah by taking that that class from um amber marie the glam experience on instagram i pretty much changed how i did silk presses because of that class um and then i took a class um from cut it kinky for cutting curly hair because i've I wanted to take the diva, um, the diva curl classes, but I liked the way that they were teaching um, how to cut hair. So I decided to go with them. I, so far, I've only taken the online classes. This year, I was actually going to take the live classes, but you know, COVID happened. Um, and also, I've taken some color classes too. So as far as texture classes, it's mostly it's mainly cut and kiki that I've been doing. So how how often are you behind the chair these days? Are you still doing two days a week or you do you work more? Now I do three to four days a week. What are you up to on the other days? On the other when you're not behind the chair. When I'm not behind the chair, um I'm either working like behind the scenes, I'm doing like numbers or um like looking at inventory. I'm mostly relaxing. Um I'm hanging out with my husband. And just, yeah, just relaxing, taking it easy, <laughs> sitting, because we're standing so much. So I always have to make sure that my my feet are, you know, like relaxed, because I had, I got plantar, plantar fasciitis not too long ago. And then I, and then I also found out my, like my limit. So my limit is I can't work more than eight hours if I go past the eight hours that's when my feet start to hurt it's really important to know where your limits are so yeah so if you could share something with a salon professional just coming into the industry or is there something that you wish you knew when you first entered the industry what would it be I would say definitely look into profit first because if you have a budget from the get go, even if you have days that are off, if you have a budget, you're going to be you're going to be OK. It's going to be scary at first. But if you just follow your plan. In the long run, you're, it's going to be worth it. Um, I would also say continue to take classes all the time, I meaning even if you've been in the industry for a long time, continue to take classes, whether it's in person or virtual now. It's probably always going to be virtual, but um, continue to take classes. Um, take care of your body. Don't stay late for a client. It's not worth it because you'll feel it the next day or like right after when you're done. Always make sure that re respect your, your boundaries. Um, that's all I could think of for now. Those That is very solid advice. Like. <laughs> Those are really good points to make that I feel like a lot of people, even myself included, didn't acknowledge when I first entered the industry. So thank you. No problem. And uh, before you go, could you share where people can find you online, whether to learn from you, um, get some of your services, or just connect with you virtually? Sure. So all of my contact info is on my website. It's 
weenajerome.com, W-E-E-N-A-J-E-R-O-M-E. And um, I'm most of the time I'm on Instagram. So my Instagram is at weena underscore hairstylist. I really hope that you enjoyed this conversation. And if you learned anything from this episode or were inspired by anything that was shared today, please consider posting a five-star rating of this episode and then heading over to Apple Podcasts to write a review, maybe about what your favorite part was, a tip that you heard, or just how you found out about Salon Frequency. That helps other salon professionals beat the algorithm and discover this podcast. Also, don't forget to check out the show notes for links about things that were mentioned during the interview. And you know, Weena had so many gems to share. And last but not least, make sure you head over to salonfrequency.com so that you can join the vibe.